Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. So a couple of weeks ago, I um, introduced this concept of trauma and that one of, if not the most significant trauma that we face as human beings while we are here on this earth is the estrangement from our loving creator. That to be estranged, separated, alienated from God could, could you know, and is, I believe, the greatest trauma that we could experience as human beings. It's kind of the core root of a lot of the trauma that we face, even in the face and loss of our loved ones, or, or when we get news and things change in our lives in such a dramatic way that we feel separated from that love which created us, that love which sustains us. And so when we're in those spaces, that's one of the most difficult, challenging places that we could be. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about this perfect union of love that we have as we jump into this scripture and we continue in Roots and Fruits and this morning talking about walking by the Spirit. You know, my, I want to start off this morning by helping us to just be regrounded and reestablish in the reality of the freedom that we have in Christ, how that's not something that we do, but it's something that has been done completely for us. And how that indeed, that freedom that we have in Christ that was won for us at Calvary is our grounding in this life in every season. And so that's what I want to, I hope to paint a little picture of before we we dive in a little bit deeper to Galatians uh, 1.16. I want to back up and take a look at Galatians 5.1, where it says in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let me read that again. It is for freedom that Christ has set you and me free. Stand firm then in that freedom, and don't allow yourselves, don't, you know, I feel God speaking to me this scripture, don't, Peter, don't allow yourself to be entangled again to a yoke of slavery, You and I, in Christ, have been set free from this idea, this concept, even this reality of this estrangement from our loving creator. Jesus, when he came to the cross, he he reconciled all that. He healed us from the estrangement that we have with God and brought us into an intimate and inseparable communion and union with God And it's all something that he did. It's a gift that he has given. Amen. This is our grounding. This is the soil that bears fruit. This reality and this place and this relationship, this place that is a relationship with our loving creator. Again, who we are in an inseparable relationship with. 
This is the place from which we as believers live. Our, the taproot of our heart is, is, um, is feeding upon and is nourished by the reality of God's love for us moment by moment, day by day. When we talk about roots and fruits and we talk about grounding our roots in the soil that produces fruits and one of those fruits being freedom, though that, that soil, that place of grounding is the reality of this inseparable relationship of love that we have with our creator. And I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. I can only pray that in your minds, in your heart, in your, uh, the mind of your heart and in the depths of your soul, that, that you're able, that the Holy Spirit quickens you and, you and you see it and taste it even for a moment as we draw away this morning here in the church and, in the, you know, and as you go through your life. You, know, you and I have been set free. Everything, and, you, know, you and I have been set free, right? We've been set free to love God and love others. Paul in this particular in this particular passage says, you know what? The flesh basically, you know, it counts for nothing, right? But he said, the only thing that matters now is faith expressing itself through love. We have been set free from the inside out, and we are connected to God in a way that could never be separated. And we've been set free to express that reality. By you know, through faith in love, amen. Hallelujah! I love what it says. You know, Jesus said, You know, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Did you know that you're free this morning? You in Christ are free, and I love this that it says, You know what? It is, you know, you know, it is for freedom that Christ sets you free. Stand then and don't allow yourself to be entangled with the yoke of slavery. Amen. You know, what can we, what can we liken this freedom from, from the estrangement uh, from God? What can we liken this experience to? And I want to just read a, a, a short parable that I've kind of adapted from someone else who wrote this parable. Um, and so I just want to just let's reflect a little bit. What does it, what does it look like for us to, to have this, this lie this, this, um, this yoke that the enemy often uses that comes from our wounds, that comes from trauma, that comes some, you know, from the enemy and also just from the experience of the human life that just says, you know, you're not connected to God. How, how, where, how do we, you know, what does it look like for us to see that just diminished, dissolved, and us enter into complete and perfect fellowship with our loving Father, ourselves, and others around us. And so this, this, this little parable here, I hope, gives us a, it's a picture and it's a parable, right? Uh, so we, we look at it from that perspective, but hopefully, you know, it helps us to just get in touch with the reality that we are free. We are free. He who the Son sits free is free indeed. So it's like the experience of a man who, while out walking alone on a bitter cold and starless night, unexpectedly comes upon a large, warm-looking house. Upon approaching the house and pressing his face against the window, he sees himself sleeping comfortably before the fire. 
Suddenly, he realizes that he's trapped outside of his own house. He realizes his life is rich, yet he stands impoverished. He is secure, yet he stands on the edge of death. He is fulfilled, yet he stands sterile and empty. Frantically, he begins to pound on the window, yelling loudly to be let in. But the self inside does not hear. And as he pounds the glass barrier dividing him from his life, it only grows thicker and his his clenched fists, fists grow numb with pain. At long last, realizing finally that all efforts of brute force achieve nothing, he sits quietly in the snow, overcome by a single silent desire, by an unfaltering hope that he might be one with God and with himself. This desire gives birth to a sincere cry from the depths of his heart. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. Suddenly, the glass dissolves into an experiential union with the infinite love of God. And there, he encounters the freedom to be that which God created him to be. He finds the night to be, in fact, his light and the bitter cold to be itself a consuming fire of utter joy and fulfillment. The trauma of estrangement and bondage of separation and alienation from the love of God are broken through the finished work of the cross. And as You know, through resting in this finished work, resting in all that Christ has done for us at Calvary in the redemptive work of the cross, the trauma of estrangement, the separation, and the alienation awaken the soul to an infinite union with the infinite love of God. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we experience it, And sometimes we even still fall into this sense of estrangement. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's real, and it's here, and it's now, and it will not go away. His love for us, our security in that love, is never going away. He will never leave us or forsake us. And it has nothing to do with anything that we did in our own strength. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no man can boast. Hallelujah. No more striving. I love this part about this particular parable because it points to the reality that when this man came to the end of his own efforts in trying to find his way back to God and to his true self in Christ, it was only by letting go and stopping his own efforts and resting in the reality of this simple cry of help toward a God who is believing that loves him that the, the wall is kind of melted down and the union is realized of love again. No striving, no straining, just resting, just resting in the finished work of Christ. Our freedom is already fully and completely established. It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. Hallelujah, stand firm then and do not allow yourself to be entangled with the yoke of slavery once again. May we stand firm in this freedom that is ours. 
Again, it's a standing. It's not a doing. It's not an effort on our part. It's a simple resting and standing in that which has already been done for us. We don't fight for our freedom, the liberation of our soul. No, we live from freedom, right? This is a huge difference in our mindset, our perspective, and the way that, the way that uh, you know, we're established in this relationship with God, in this freedom that we have through the redemptive work of the cross. We do not fight for freedom. We do not fight in our own strength to try to hold on to God. We don't try in our own strength to try to, to do anything that's going to try, that's going to help restore, you know, re, you know, restore us back to the, to this relationship that we have with him. No, we live today from the freedom, in the freedom. The ground has already been won. You and I are already free. I mean, how often do we walk through life and we're walking around more like we're, you know, like we're bound, that we've got these things that, you know, there's no way that we could uh, have any freedom inside of our, and this freedom is not contingent on the circumstances. Let, let, Let come what may. You know, the circumstances of this life, we have no control over them. This is a freedom that is birthed in the heart, that is no, it is not contingent upon our circumstances, that flows up even in the most darkest times of our lives. Even when we can't feel and see his presence and love in our lives, yet there it is. It's still there holding us up. We don't hold on to him. He holds on to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are safe and secure in this love relationship that we have with God. Hallelujah. And it isn't something, again, that we strive for. We try to earn in our own strength. It's something that's given today. You have everything that you need in Christ. You've been given every spiritual blessing. Every single promise is a yes and amen. This is true. This is real. This is the reality. And this is our grounding. This is our grounding in the grace and love of God. In the gift of our salvation and this intimate, inseparable relationship that we have with him. I love the way Paul says it. And you might hear me say this stuff all over and over and over again because I say it over and over and over again to myself. That's what being grounded is. I want my roots to be totally tied into Romans 8 where it says that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither, neither, nor any power, right? Neither the past, the present, or the future, nor any other created thing in all of the creation, neither height nor depth, can ever separate you and me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to learn how to live from there. I don't want to live from my fears. I don't want to live from my wounds. I mean, I still do, and this is the struggle. I want to live from that grounding. And in order for me to live from that grounding, I need to return to that grounding. It's not like a work that I do. It's a place where I learn to rest. It's a place where I learn to trust. It's a place I learn to go to. I want to live from the freedom that's been given me in Christ Amen, hallelujah, and I think probably most of us do. And we can, because it's for freedom that Christ set us free. I mean, he, I love that. Well, does God, does God really want me to be free? Can I be free? I mean, this is all stuff I do. Wow. No, he, he set me free so that I could be free and that I could stand there in that freedom. You know, this is the access, you know, coming back to this inseparable love relationship. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Moving it from here to here and it becoming the experiential, literal 
um, truth that, that my life is connected to and motivated by and anchored to in this thing that we call life. You know, he goes on to say, you know, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm and don't let yourselves be entangled to, uh, again to a yoke of slavery. Every single yoke that uh, is known to, the, to humanity or could be known or could be fashioned has been broken. And when we're talking, amen. And when we're talking about a yoke, sometimes I go, what's a yoke? You know, I got chickens in the backyard. I like to eat the yoke, you know. Now, I know most of us are familiar with this idea, right? This is kind of, a, of an image or a picture of the yoke of an oxen that's over your shoulders, the burden that you carry, the burden that you pull, the burden that you live under is what they're talking about. And every single burden and yoke that could be fashioned or formed has been broken in the name of Jesus. We have, uh, we have the, the freedom and the, the capacity to live a life that is yoked to Jesus Christ that, 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 is, that is rooted and grounded in rest and brings life into our souls. We have one yoke, one yoke, one yoke, one yoke. It's Jesus' yoke. There's no other yoke, right? He said his burden is, uh, his burden is, uh, is, is, uh, is light. So the yoke of fear, which I deal with, broken in the name of Jesus, the yoke of abandonment, the yoke of addiction, the yoke of my need to be perfect, the yoke of even the way that, that, that trauma finds its way even into my very flesh as being a human being, broken, yoke of performance, yoke of religion, yoke of anxiety, hopelessness, condemnation, rejection, materialism, sin, Satan, and death, all broken, boom. Yo, I can't come up with the exhaustive list. I put this together, every possible description of any force or burden that can be placed upon the human soul has been broken through the redemptive work of the cross. Therefore, do not allow yourself to be entangled again to a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is our grounding, and that's, that's where we, uh, we want our, the taproot of our heart, the taproot of our souls. Just uh, we, There's this word in Spanish, chuping. It means uh, it's being sustained. It's, it's, it's drinking from there. It's returning to there. Amen, hallelujah. So you think, how do you do this? How do we do this? Well, first and foremost, I hope out of that we realize, hey, this is something that's done, something that we rest in, something that Christ has already accomplished. And yet there's still this, 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 this um, way of living that is not connected or bound to works or religion where we begin to learn how to train ourselves and practice certain spiritual disciplines that cause us to, to, to be connected and grounded in this love that we're talking about and this freedom that we have this morning. So, you know, so Paul says, you know, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Do not allow yourself to be entangled to a yoke of slavery. Then in verse 16, he says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So what does it mean for us to walk in this spirit? How do we walk in the spirit? I think one of the, one of the, the, the primary things that, that comes to me in this, and of course, anytime myself or any pastor who's preaching, this, we can't get to the exhaustive answer to those questions, right? We could touch on things and pray and hope that the Holy Spirit uses that in our lives, wherever we're at, to just encourage us, move us forward, right? 
So one of the ways I think that, that walking in the spirit, like that what, for me in my own experience in my own life, and as I look at the scripture and I study the word, and uh, I, I, I see that like one of the, one of the key characteristics and, um, of, of what it looks like for me to walk in the spirit is to live a life where God is my one thing. Where Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, my relationship with God is the central, primary focus and communion with him of my life. That there is no greater, there is no greater vocation, there is no greater, greater place for me to, to pursue or hang my hat or live for or move toward other than communion with the, the love and grace of God. Jesus lays it out for us in the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love God. Loving God is at the center. This is actually what we've been created to do. This is what we are created for. And, you know, I mean, it's revolutionary. It's, it's not something to just, you know, it's distant over there. No, it's literally that's why we were created. There is no greater purpose, no greater meaning for me in my life than to commune and be in relationship Love relationship with God, having him be my one thing. Paul says it this way. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Boom, right out of the pages of the scripture. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or the flesh, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I consider everything but loss except for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So learning to cultivate and to die and detach myself not as a work, but just continually detaching to myself from every yoke and every other pursuit in my life that I might even come close to allowing to trump my primary purpose in my life, which is to stay and remain in communion with God. The greatest capacity that a human being possesses is their ability to commune and be in fellowship with their creator. I mean, we pursue all kinds of stuff. The world is after us from the beginning. There are all kinds of things that we could pursue. There's all kinds of things that we could, uh, you know, get involved in, give our lives to. But really, we were created to be in communion with God first and foremost. I love the, um, you know, the picture that we get from a, a little little monk by the name of, of Brother Lawrence. You probably hear me talk about this guy all the time, but. He's awesome. He's like this, he's, he's this monk who, 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 who understood this stuff. And as I read it, it helps bring me back to putting God first in my own life. You know, I, I had mentioned this uh, a, a few weeks back, but here we are again. Brother Lawrence resolved to make love the end goal of his actions. Every day and each hour was a new beginning and a fresh commitment to the love of God with all his heart. Pleased when he could pick up a piece of straw from the ground for the love of God, seeking him only and nothing else. Here is a man who wholeheartedly sought after the great commandment and began to orient his entire life around th th this one thing that he was created for. Yeah, he still worked. He worked in the kitchen. He did all kinds of different tasks. 
but not one of that. He, he sought to live a life that every single thing that he did, every breath that he took was all for the love and the glory of God, that the end goal of all that we do, all that we say, that the end goal of every bit of breath that comes through these lungs is all for one purpose, the end goal, the love of God. The scripture says, even this morning, we're here like we got this, you know, we're a church, we have a stage, we have, we're, we have somebody doing music, then we have somebody doing a, you know, some analysis, and we got ministry, and there's somebody's preaching. The Bible says, if I could speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am like a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. In other words, without love, this is meaningless. All I could do is plead with God that his love might shine through, that his love would be present. And the fact of the matter is, is that it is here. It is closer than we are to ourselves. He goes on to say, you know, if I, if I, um, if I have uh, the gift of prophecy and I could fathom all wisdom and if I have faith that could move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. I am nothing. If I give all I have to the poor and I subject my body to hardship so that I may boast, but I have not love, I gain nothing. We cannot, I mean, hallelujah. I think Brother Lawrence knew that, and I want to learn to live that way. I want to learn to live and be connected to the love of God and allow it to be, and, and, and move toward this type of a lifestyle where the love of God and communion with him and fellowship with him is at the center. And I think that that's one of the primary things that it needs is, is, is uh, you know, is a characteristic of what it means to walk in the spirit. <clears throat> you know, amen. So he says, you know, so I say with you, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I could get all caught up in trying to manage my sin, the desires of my flesh. You know, they look like sexual immorality. Jesus said, if I lust after woman, I have committed adultery. Jesus said, if I hated somebody, I killed them. I, 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 these, these are the words, these are the, 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 the uh, you know, the, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Well, what Paul's saying here is that if you walk by the Spirit, you put God at the center of your life, you pursue every single moment, you do, you work toward, not that this is going to earn us anything, it just keeps moving us into the grounding and we're set free but it's putting God first in all things. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. It's moving and living in that direction. What he said then, that as you do that, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Why? Because the flesh desires was contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. I love it. How do I break free from my addictions and from my broken mind, my broken thought patterns, pursue God. How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I uh, move through the, the conflicts that I have in my marriage for 29 years? Not that we live in conflict, but uh, we have conflict. How do we move through the, the trials and the tribulations? Pursue God. Pursue God with your spouse. Make him first. Get on our knees. Not to 
Not, not that it's going to make him love us anymore. It's just going to connect us to the source and give us what we need. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes in and does the work that we can't do for ourselves. Walking in the Spirit. Put God first. I want to take a minute right now. I'm actually going to ask the, the worship team to come up. And I want us to take the next couple of minutes as we kind of move toward the end of the service to create just a, a, a little bit of space for us. Hopefully an opportunity, one more opportunity while we're here this morning to reconnect and ground ourselves in this freedom that we're talking about, this love that we're talking about, that we might be grounded this morning. And the way that I want to do that is I just want to talk a little bit about an experience with you that I went through just a couple of weeks ago. So it's not thinking about all this stuff and how, how you know, it's kind of like I love thinking about all this stuff and talking to my beloved about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I have PTSD, right? I have PTSD. I, I, I grew up, as, as the, many of you heard my testimony before, domestic violence, addiction as a child, and then various other forms of, P, of, of trauma in my life. From the sudden death of my daughter, the sudden, I'm not my daughter, I'm sorry, my sister, the sudden death of my brother-in-law, the sudden death of my nephew, almost watching my wife die choking on food. I got hit by a motorcycle at 45 miles an hour by a truck. So a lot, a little bit of trauma. So my counselor's like telling me, you know, like you got, you know, you probably got a little PTSD there, Peter. You got what we call now complex trauma, right? And so, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, it's rough very hard to relive but hallelujah praise the lord right so i came up with another one so we have ptsd post-traumatic stress syndrome and here i am up here going oh, i think that the, the greatest trauma we experience is estrangement from the love of god moments when somehow we feel and think and believe that we're disconnected when actually we never are so i come up with a new one pted post-traumatic estrangement disorder. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist, nor do I have my doctorate, so you got you know, you to do what you want with that one. But it rings true for me that, you see, I find myself back in that space where I'm feeling like that wall that melted in the parable is just right back there. And I feel estranged from God. I feel estranged from the love and I find myself in those places. And as you know, Dan brought up a couple weeks ago, a lot of times it has a lot to do with hurry. It has a lot to do with rushing around, not, no self-care, not going to be with God. So on July 1st, I was, it was kind of a busy time. I withdrew to my, to, my, uh, to my secret place that I go with God, the place that I go to be with him in solitude on a regular basis. So I wake up, I finally wake up, and I, and, uh, I start living out a little bit of what I'm preaching and trust me, if I could even live out a little bit of what I said this morning, it'd be a good thing. Don't be fooled. Which I'm just a, all of us are just men, women. Nothing but men and women loved by God. And so I'm on my, I get my key. I get in my, in, my, in my truck, and I drive over to the Regalsville Bridge, and I hop on the, the DNL trail. 
And I start, and I start every one of these, these moments. So I want to kind of walk you through what my practice is. Maybe you could take a couple of these things and put them into your practices or, you know, whatever, whatever, you, whatever is helpful to you. So I'm on my way to my meeting place with God. It's early in the morning, there in the truck. I get to the trail. I always stop first thing. And I pray this prayer. And I've prayed this before here. I say, oh, living flame of love, which is the Holy Spirit. That wounds me in the deepest center. What that's talking about is the Holy Spirit wounds and transforms my heart into love like fire transforms a log into itself. It's this idea. Now that I know that you're not oppressive, consummate this divine union, this one we've been talking about, this infinite love, and if it be your will, tear back the veil of this sweet encounter. And I start there. That's where I start. Trying and just moving into this place of sincerity before God. And my goal is to come into this communion, this encounter with God, naked without defense. I come naked without defense. I do not want to try to defend anything. I am looking to open and reveal the deepest spaces that I am able to recognize and be aware of in my heart to God. I'm looking, I'm looking to do that. I'm looking to come like that. Then I come along a little winding path. I come to a rock. I sit down in my spot in front of the Delaware River there. I place my phone on the ground, and then I start to pray what I've learned over the past several years, a grounding prayer called the Jesus Prayer, the prayer of the heart is simply a prayer. It says, Jesus, help. So I begin by breathing in, Jesus. Breathing out, help. In with Jesus, out, help. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. Desire to get to the heart, not the mind. Allowing the need that I have for God to be exposed is Jesus' help. So I begin, there I am. Okay, Lord, now I'm sensing and realizing that I'm functioning out of my fear. Right now I'm functioning out of my fear. Somehow I've wandered along and I feel worthless. I feel afraid. I bring it before God and identify that feeling, right? I start to realize that I'm functioning and moving out of this sense of worthlessness that I don't matter and I don't measure up. That somehow my post-traumatic estrangement disorder has sunk in. And somehow I'm feeling disconnected from the love. And I'm seeing myself from a perspective different than the way that God sees me in his unconditional love. I begin to realize I have kind of little visuals popping about when even when I was a child that I've felt that way, worthless. That even as a child in school growing up, you would say, I felt this sense of worthlessness as a teenager, even as a young adult. 
this is a fear that I've, this lie and this wound that has been there for a long time. You know, there I am, naked and without defense, the fears here, always saturated in the Jesus prayer. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. All of a sudden, a song rises up in my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Speak what is true. Lord. So I pick up my phone and I look up the lyrics and it says, I am found. I am yours. I am loved. I am made pure. I have life. I can breathe. I am healed. I am free. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Because I'm found. I'm yours. I'm loved. I'm made pure. I have life. I can breathe. I am healed. I am free. And the estrangement and the yoke of my fear begins to dissipate as the love and life of Jesus Christ begins to well up inside of my heart and bring me back to the grounding, back to the love, back to the reality of who I am in Christ. I can literally feel my heart filling with the Spirit of God. Tears of freedom and joy start to flow from my face, and I am realizing that I'm being made aware that the union was never broken. The union of love never broke. It's not, it's right here. He's with me. Nothing can separate me, but now it's rising up within me. Now it is pushing and casting out my fear. Perfect love begins to have its way with this fear that has riddled my life that I was living from. And a transformation takes place out of grace and the love of God. I begin the, that, 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 that transition begins to happen and I begin to move toward the grounding and living out of the unconditional inseparable love of God. Then a scripture comes. Zephaniah 3.17. And as we do these things, we start to get sensitive, not like spiritually like giants. We're like, oh my gosh, I think that that was part of a scripture, that little word that I just heard, that I just went through my mind. I'm going I'm to look it up. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go look that up. I look it up. Here's what it says. Here's what, as it just deepens and broadens in the grounding of love, Lord, the Lord your God is with you. And I always personalize these, these, these words as if they're coming from God directly from me. Says, Peter, the Lord your God is with you. He is in your midst. And I sit there slowly and prayerfully reading through there. The mighty warrior who saves Peter, he takes great delight in you. With his love, he will calm 
all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful song. Right back in the grounding by God's grace and his love and his mercy, undeserved, but yet right there, accessed. And how, how do you know that's part of what I believe walking in the Spirit's all about is getting away with him on a regular basis and going through a process similar to this. But then we take that, we take that moment with us throughout the day and we return and we return and we return with one goal, the love of God. And so that day, as I start getting anxious in my heart, I'm starting to feel my little PTED, boom, the script like a Peter, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He takes great delight in you. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with singing, Jesus, help. Connected. Roots in the grounding. Keep moving. Keep moving. I hope that's helpful to you. Right now, we're going to close because I'm supposed to be ready to rock and roll here at 10.15. It's 10.16. So we're going to take a minute right now. Close your eyes or, or however you want to posture yourself. We're just going to, I want to just, we're just going to work through that little process and allow God the opportunity to speak truth. So you can start just with the Jesus help. Jesus help. Jesus Jesus, help. And I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Maybe you sense a bit of estrangement from the love. You're functioning out of something else. You got another yoke on your shoulder other than Jesus. Maybe you're able to identify it, maybe not. Just express that to him. For me, I feel worthless. I feel estranged. I feel less than. I'm afraid. Lord, speak what is true. Lord, speak what is true. Lord, speak what is true. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. He will come with his love. He will calm all your fears. And he rejoices over you with singing. Let's bring that same heart right into this song. Let this song be our prayer.
Here we are in this grounding of love. Taproot of the heart, moving toward the infinite union with the infinite love of God. Oh, I pray you're blessed this week. I pray that you walk out of here knowing that he set you free. Don't allow yourself to be entangled with the yoke of slavery. Be yoked this week with Jesus Christ. Walk with him. Talk with him. Live for him. Grounded in his love. God bless you. Have a great day. In Jesus' name.